Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how hard should you be on yourself when you're working to lose weight? And I believe the answer is not hard at all. So let's dive into that because most people, when they want to lose weight, think they need to be extra hard on themselves. They're really, I would say, too hard on themselves. Uh, you beat yourself up, you hold yourself really accountable, you expect the best out of yourself, even perfection, and you usually don't get it. Why is that? Because the harder you are on yourself, typically with weight loss, the worst results you're gonna get simply because your main weight loss issue isn't that you're not hard enough on yourself, it's that you don't have better choices available to you. Now, I know you're thinking, well, of course the better choice is just not to eat, but that's not really a choice, okay? We can't just say, well, I usually eat ice cream at night, I have to stop just eating ice cream at night. We need to have a little bit more strategy there because the reason we're eating ice cream is a little more complex than just we don't know it's bad for us, right? We know it's bad for us and there's a reason why we're doing it. So instead of being hard on yourself, what if you took that energy and began to understand yourself? And as you begin to understand yourself, you begin to understand, why am I eating ice cream at night? Why am I overeating during the day? Okay, now I know that may say, well, well, because I have no willpower, because I'm hungry. There's more reasons to it than that. You probably don't have the right strategies, okay? You don't have the right options set up for yourself. So the classic example this I'll give you, and this applies to everything, is emotional eating. So again, with emotional eating, let's just say at night you're stressed, you had a hard, busy day. At night, you use food to relax and calm down, okay? So we would call that a version of emotional eating. And so if you're just hard on yourself and you say, I shouldn't emotional eat, well, what happens is you never get to that core problem because you're emotionally eating for a reason, right? In this situation, you're using the ice cream to relax and to calm yourself down. And so if you're just hard on yourself, you say, stop, stop emotional eating. Well, you stop eating, but you also stop relaxing and calming down. And so when you seek to understand yourself instead, you start to understand I'm eating because I'm calming down with it. What is a better way I can calm down and relax that doesn't involve food? Again, that awareness, that understanding yourself leads you to better strategies. But just with a blanket willpower saying, stop doing this, don't do that, we don't understand ourselves and we just force ourselves to act a little differently, usually just for a little while. So as you seek to understand yourself and why you're behaving the way you're behaving, you begin to find elegant solutions that really work. Let me give you one more example. One of the classic examples I see of people struggling and being hard on themselves with something is they'll say, everything's going great. Breakfast and lunch are great. And then afternoon and dinner, everything's falling apart. And that's where they're hard on themselves. How come I can eat so good here and I can't eat good over here? Beat myself up. I got to do better here. But if we take a step back again and we seek to understand it, well, what's going on? Well, if you're not eating much for breakfast, because you can, you know, again, your, your hunger is at its lowest point, your willpower is at its highest point in the morning. You're not that hungry to say no breakfast, hardly any lunch. And now by the time you get to the afternoon, you're starving and now you're depleted, you're exhausted. And so it's hard to make the right food choices. So is the problem that you weren't hard enough on yourself or is the problem that you didn't have a good strategy to manage your hunger so that by the time you got to the afternoon, you felt satisfied, you felt comfortable. <laughs> so again, I'll give you the two examples here that are very common. And if we're just gonna try and be hard on ourselves to get to that goal, I think you're gonna find that you're probably not gonna get to the goal. And even if you do get there, you're not gonna be able to maintain it. So as you kind of ease off on being hard on yourself, and again, you can still hold yourself accountable. You can want the best for yourself, but walk yourself along the path in an encouraging and supportive way, the same way you would your child, your friends, people that you care and love. You wouldn't be so hard on them. You would be supportive and encouraging. And I think the more supportive and encouraging you are with your weight loss process, the better results you're gonna get. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. 
and uh, I will do my best to answer them. What's up, Don? How's it going? Yeah, here we are. Thursday afternoon, right? Beautiful day here where I am. It is absolutely amazing. Quite a day. So I hope everyone's having a nice day as well. My day is... My day is not the best. Not the best, not the worst. You know, that's all right. <laughs> not every day is the best. Um, what's your opinion on OMAD? Um, so here's the thing, right? Program Yourself Thin, the main philosophy I have is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay, so I always start with that. Program Yourself Thin is really a diet agnostic approach, meaning there's people in the program that are OMAD, that are... Um, <laughs> the opposite, right? Eating eight meals a day, uh, carnivore, vegan. I mean, it's, it's everyone, you know? So um, that's what I start with. So if you like one meal a day, if that really works for you, great. You know what I mean? If, if you're succeeding with it, it's easy. You're getting the weight loss results you're looking for. You're happy doing it. You could see yourself doing it forever. Cool, you know? And I have clients that are like that. Uh, if you find that eating one meal a day, you're hungry all the time, you're thinking about food constantly, uh, you're obsessed with food, you're not losing the weight you want, you're having difficult sticking to it, then I'd say no. But you see what I mean? So again, we can't look at, I think what happens with the diet industry is we tend to look at things in a vacuum, right? And so we can say, well, okay, like, like technically, like on paper, one meal a day would probably be, you know, right below water fasting for fast weight loss, right? It, probably. And uh, it's right up there. Intermittent fasting is right below that. Uh, no carbs going into ketosis, right right around there as well. And so we have these things on paper that should lead to the fastest weight loss if, <laughs> if they existed in a vacuum. But of course, our diets don't exist in a vacuum, right? We have to live them, right? So again, I always joke about this, but like people tend to pick a goal weight that's lower than they're willing to live and eat at. Right. And so people do the same thing with the diets. Right. One meal a day may sound like the best plan on paper, but how do you feel about it? Right. And I find a lot of times with diets, people don't really take that into account because they just say, I just want the fastest plan. I'll just do it. No, you won't. If, if you don't like the plan, you're not going to stick with it and you're never going to get the results you want. And even if you stick with it long enough to get the results, if you hate it, you're never going to stay with it. You know, and so, again, what I'm always talking about is really mastering your weight, mastering it so that you not only get to your goal weight, but more importantly, you can live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's what I want for you. And again, so OMAD, would that work for that or not? Well, it depends on the person, you see? So we always have to take into context what we're considering, you know, to, to lose weight and um, bounce it again against our experience of it. Um, all right, yeah, Sacramento, nice. Uh, I done an in-person hypnosis for smoking and worked for a week, then stopped. Should I try it again? Um, I feel like that's a good question. I think that's a fair question. I'm happy to answer it because I'm a hypnotist, right? And so I had a hypnosis office. I worked with smokers, phobias. My main thing's always been weight loss. Um, my feeling on hypnosis it depends what it's for. I think for, for weight loss, I don't think any hypnosis, you're not going to listen to two, three sessions and just be a different person. Because the problem with the weight loss is not that you don't know, like it'll help you relax and, and think differently for a little while, but you need to come up with real strategies that fit you. And most importantly, you need an ability to kind of influence your own self. Um, when it comes to smoking, I have seen it work. It seems like a crapshoot. Um, I, I don't know. Give it another shot. Maybe, maybe not. I don't like, the thing I don't like about hypnosis is a lot of people will go to the hypnotist and it's almost like, cast a spell on me. 
I don't know what the hell you're doing. Just cast your spell and let me leave here and get the result I want. And so for smoking, it works sometimes amazingly. Um, for weight loss, it works sometimes for temporary times though. You know what I mean? I, I have not seen hypnosis alone consistently create consistent results, long-term results for people. So I wish it did, you know, but that's why I've had to come up with program yourself. Then I had to add a self-hypnosis component to it. I had to add the blueprints that you follow that you create and follow. I thought that, you know, that's needed, but there's also hypnosis. So I'm giving you an, an unsatisfactory answer. I feel like, but it's, it is what it is. It's a more gradient thing. I will tell you this. Hypnosis is absolutely amazing for phobias. Like, like, like you could, I would, I could cure phobias in like five minutes. It, it's crazy. And, and for good. Okay. So phobias are really, really great with hypnosis, relaxation, um, changing behaviors, you know, all of these things. Smoking again, it seems like sometimes it just hits it and the person's done for good. Um, and sometimes not. And again, smoking usually has a better chance because Smoking's an abstinence solution, right? You stop smoking, that's it. You're done with it. It doesn't work so well with the weight because food is more of a managed thing, right? You're not stopping eating food. Um, you always got to eat food. So it's a more nuanced thing you need to create. So sorry, Rory. I wish I could give you a, a straighter example. I don't know. If it worked that time, give it another shot, you know? Um, Lisey says... Lisey, I remember you, Lisey. I remember your name. I keep reciting your slogan, stop gathering information and start working on your transformation. Yep. It's helping me take action and stop obsessing about the perfect plan. Yeah, Lisey. That, that, by the way, right? So what that is, is that's, in, in the program, we refer to as a mantra, right? We basically think in mantras, right? Our thoughts are neural connections. And unfortunately, we live in a culture that is always conditioning, literally hypnotizing us, implanting suggestions, uh, that are not helpful to us, right? They're, they're usually implanted by the food companies, the diet industry, you know, people that don't have our best interests at heart. And so in Program Yourself Thin, that's part of the program is every day in the morning, you get a five-minute hypnosis session where you're relaxing, calming down. Each one of those has a weight loss mantra in it. And then at night, there's a sleep gnosis session where you listen to one each week repetitively, you know, each, each night for the week. And that has a core weight loss mantra in it because this is how we think. You're walking around right now. I'll tell you that the mantra most of you have if you're a dieter, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight, you know? And you walk around with that mantra and it's not true. You know, yeah, you want to lose the weight, but you don't just want to lose the weight. You've lost weight before and you put it back on. You got your goal. Is that all you wanted to do? Is that just what you wanted to do? No, you wanted to keep it off. So again, I always suggest upgrading your goal from, I just want to lose weight to I want to get back to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. It's a, it's a much different goal to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is very literal. But that's great, Lisey. Good job. Listen, um, that's, from the, that's from the training, which uh, again, Lisey, you know, I know you're, you're waiting to see if you can, you know, I'll build my trust up with you. But um, that's what happens. After eight weeks, you've got, what, 60, 65 mantras in your head. You know what I mean? Like, like that are in there. And uh it's uh, that's how it works. You start thinking, you know, most people's challenges, you have an overweight mindset and you have a diet mindset. You got two mindsets possible because you've been trained, right? You've been conditioned to think like an overweight person to think like a dieter. And so you just flip flop from one to the other. Your overweight thinking is your normal, natural thing. Like we're not paying attention to food, whatever else you just eat. You, you think, feel and eat like an overweight person. And that maintains your overweight body. You don't have to try. You don't have to struggle to do it. You just, that's what you do automatically. And then you go into diet mode, right? And that's where you go into all mode, right? So it's all, you have an all or nothing thinking, right? So your all mode is diet mode where you're absolutely restricting everything, counting every calorie, no carbs, no sugar, blah, 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 blah. And so most people just kind of flip flop between these two. 
And the worst situation is when you actually diet all the way down to your goal weight. This is where people fall into trouble because what do you do now? You can't think like an overweight person and you can't think like a dieter. You have to be able to think like a thin and healthy person and you don't know how to do that. You know, it's like, it's like wanting to learn how to speak Chinese. Well, you can't just take a course on how not to speak English and then just imagine you're gonna be able to speak Chinese. You know, you have got to expose yourself to the language. And so in this case, you need to expose yourself to the thoughts of a thin and healthy person. That is the cornerstone of the program yourself and approach. It all began for me studying people who had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. And I would, again, this is neurolinguistic programming 101. NLP is the science of role modeling. And so I would find these people and yeah, I'd ask them what they did eat wise, you know, exercise wise. But more importantly, I said, what, what were the shifts and the changes that, how'd you get motivated? How'd you stick with it? How'd you deal with setbacks? What'd you do when you made a mistake? You, you know what I mean? Like that, that was the ultimate secret. And that's what this entire program is built around. But, but great job, Lisa. That's great. That's what we want is we want to change the thinking. When you change your thinking, you're going to change your behaviors. You know, like that, that's the goal here. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. What about past life regressions? If you have experience with that, I do have experience with past life regressions. Um, I, I did a number of those in my office. I will say that I am not an expert at it. And one thing I learned doing hypnosis is that and this was one of those profound things I learned as a hypnotist is that it's difficult to just be a hypnotist who generalizes in everything because when you're a really good hypnotist, you, so, so, so I can't generalize in everything because I understand how hypnosis works, but I don't, so I don't work a lot with smoking right now, you know? So it's like, I don't have like all my hypnotic suggestions and stories and techniques that are built around smoking, you know? So I really specialize in weight and health. And so I've got all, like when I'm talking to you now, I am using conversational hypnosis techniques. This is why Lisey just now just said, you know, I have this thought running around in my head because stop looking for information, start focusing on transformation. The way that was delivered is designed to stick in your subconscious mind. So even if you ever listen to me, I'm not just telling you information. I'm hopefully, you know, my intention is to deliver it in a deeper way so that it actually impacts you. And so um, that being said, I've done stuff with past life regressions, but it's not a specialty of mine. I don't have the depth of knowledge to really speak to that. So I'll, I'll just kind of leave it there. It was interesting when I did it. I will tell you that doing past life regression work is very interesting. Whether I believe it's real or not, I, I don't know. Um, but it was always very interesting. Um, but it wasn't a, a passion of mine, so I didn't really go deep into it. So my suggestion is to find someone who goes deep into it um, if, you're, if you're curious about that. Um, Bailey says you can find an excuse or find a way. Yep, yep. <laughs> there you go, right? That's another mantra in the program. Um, any natural ways to reprogram mind? Any meditation practices you know? Um, yeah, I mean, in the program, it's really built around this, you know, what I call this self-hypnotic programming. And what I mean by that is that really there's two, in Program Yourself, then there's two hypnosis being used. There's hypnosis, which are the sessions I was just talking about. And there's a library with 25 hypnosis sessions in it. Um, but the core of it, the part that I think is the most important piece is the self-hypnosis. And I call this self-hypnotic programming. So this is a natural way I consider to program your mind. And it's very simple. I know a lot of people sometimes are skeptical of hypnosis, but you know, hypnosis is a completely natural, normal thing. You've been hypnotized your whole life. Every time you watch a TV show or a movie, you're in a state of hypnosis, right? You're relaxed and you're calm and you're passively just kind of watching this. And what you're doing is you're vicariously imagining what you're watching, 
right? So if you're watching a sports sporting event, right, you're watching it and you're on the sofa, but you're releasing adrenaline. Like you're, get, you're getting into it, especially the end of it. You're like, oh, right. But it's like, you're just sitting there and you're just watching light and screen and hearing sounds on a screen, but you're literally having this visceral response to it. If you watch a horror movie is another example, right? You're safe and sound in your house, but because you're vicariously experiencing that movie through your imagination, you're literally responding to it, right? And so that's so crazy to me. Um, I just think that, that that's the secret, right? So that's the power that hypnosis looks to harness. And I think the most important hypnosis is self-hypnosis. We have a saying in the hypnosis world that you are your own best or worst hypnotist because you're up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day. And what you're saying has a huge impact on um, obviously how you think, how you feel, and how you behave, and the results you get. And so the process of self-hypnotic programming is really just relaxing yourself, putting yourself into a parasympathetic activated nervous system, um, and then imagining the way you want to think, well, not even so much the way you want to think, the way you want to feel, who you want to be, how you want to behave, and imagining it, though. So there's a huge difference. It is, it's like the difference between like me telling you about a roller coaster and you sitting in the front of the roller coaster and going on the ride, right? Those are two totally different qualities of experience, even though they're very similar, right? And so a lot of times when it comes to dieting, it's like it's all built around, they're always telling you what to do. And so you logically know exactly what you're supposed to do to lose weight. The problem is, can you get yourself to do it consistently? That's the problem. And so I believe, you know, what, what I've seen work over, I've done this 20 years professionally, is that when you start imagining yourself doing the things you want to do, being the person you want to be, that is how you program your mind in a very powerful, quick, simple way. All right. And what you're typically doing programming wise, let me just point this out to you, because if you're listening to me, you're probably an overthinker and you're thinking about your weight all day long. But what you're really thinking about is the problem. It shows up like this. What's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to this plan? Why can't I lose the weight? Will I ever be able to do this? How can I keep falling off the wagon? Why can't I stick to eating healthy? And it's always about what you're doing wrong. Like 99% of your thinking. You're never spending time to think, what would it feel like if I was able to lose weight in an easy, enjoyable, and comfortable way? How would it feel if I naturally ate the right foods throughout the day um, forever. And it was just easy and fun for me. Now, again, I know you don't have answers for that. I get that, but you are never asking those questions. You see? So it's important that we start to like imagine ourselves as the person we want to be. You're always focused on the person you don't want to be, you know? And so it makes a huge difference, an enormous difference. Um, Lisey says in my OA 12 step, we have mantras too, and some help. I'm drawn to your style. It's lasting. It's lasting longer, yeah. Your mantras are more focused on what I want and will be versus what I don't want. Yeah, exactly, Lisey. I was just going to say that. Yes, and then you do go do one of those things you dreamed of and it further builds the new identity. Yeah. Lisey, <laughs> uh, I don't know how long you need to, to trust me, but you should be in the program. You, you, you get what I'm saying. And I get a lot of people from OA. I, I, I have found that OA, now again, I'm biased, right? Because I get people that OA didn't work for, right? Okay, I get that. But I've, I've tend to thought about, I've, I've given this a lot of thought over the years because I've gotten a lot of OA people. And I think one of the problems is that OA, it really, it models the other, um, you know, AA and NA and all that. And, and those are really abstinence models, you know, and, and they're very, very rigid. And I think, I think, you know, the weight and the eating is very unique in that sense because it's, it's one of the few addictions that you have to manage. You can't abstain. What are you, never going to eat? You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it, to me, it doesn't fit the NA or AA model completely because those are abstinence models. 
And the, and the OA is really, it kind of works, it try to work its way around, but it's really an abstinence model. And it's very, very rigid. And it's, it's like, they've done all these studies. The more rigid you are with your diet, the more likely you are. They, they literally call it the counter-regulatory effect, um, what the hell effect kind of colloquially. Um, and so it's important that, you know, I, I, I think that you need a more, you, you can't have that rigidity with, with the food. I, I just haven't seen that work. You know, not long term, you can certainly be rigid for a short period of time and lose weight, obviously, right? But how do you keep it off for good? How do you live for the rest of your life at your goal weight as a naturally thin, healthy person on near autopilot, right? You're never thinking of that even as the goal either. You're just like, I don't lose weight, I don't lose weight. And OA really presupposes a lot of stress and strain and struggle and fight and duh, 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 right? So that's why the mantras I'm saying, they're they're much more about what you want to be, like you kind of recognize that. It's much more about what you want to be as opposed to stopping being who you have been in a bad way. Which, and I'll tell you why. So let me give you a little bit of a quick subconscious lesson. The big reason why I'm always stating things in the positive is because your subconscious mind does not understand negatives, right? If I tell you, do not think about a banana, do not think about a banana, what are you thinking about? A banana, right? So it's like, oh, hey, I mean, I can't think of a better way to get obsessed on food, right? I mean, it's always obsessed on you being an overeater, right? And everything's about that. And it's always reinforcing that identity. And so it's trying to do, it, it's like you're pushing on the gas and the brake at the same time, subconsciously. And so again, with program yourself, then we're really saying, who do you want to be? Who's the best Lisa you can possibly be? Not just weight-wise, by the way. Again, we want to take the weight loss, wrap it in personal development. And so who's the best Lisi possible? And the best Lisi possible is not the OA version of, okay, no, not eating that. I didn't eat any sugar. I didn't eat any car. I didn't eat this. I didn't, my cow's right here. That's strict, rigid, Because that's just another high-functioning version of dieter Lisi. It's still, and you see, you imagine it as a strain and struggle for the rest of your life, you know? And um, for me, I want you to, I want you to become the best version of yourself where the food kind of fades to the background a bit and the things that are most important to you in your life come to the front. What are those things? Well, it's usually relationships first, right? So whatever relationships are most important to you in your life, um, whatever personal goals you have, right? Maybe maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe work's really important, you wanna make some money, maybe personal development, learning things, playing piano. Again, everyone's different. But what's most important to you in your life? And how can you become the best at those things and make those things the best they can possibly be, meaning the best leasey possible? And the weight's just one piece of that. So in a weird way, what I like to do with programming yourself then, it sounds strange. I want to make the weight, the weight like secondary. The, the weight loss in and of itself is a weird goal to have. You're not built that way. You know, weight was never like a focus for people in millions of years of evolution because we lived in a food scarce environment. So we have all this neural wiring and biochemistry that wants us to gain weight. And so trying to lose weight is almost like fighting against ourselves. So we almost have to like, we're not tricking ourselves. You can never trick yourself, but we are strategically focusing on personal development because that's a better, more empowering, motivating goal than just losing weight. See, so again, as an OA person, right? The, the goal, like the success is that you're very rigid and controlling of your food and all this stuff. Like that's, that's the success. <laughs> that's success. I'm very, very connected to this, concentrating on food, not overeating. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just presupposing and assuming all those things, you see? So that's the goal you're aiming at. And so, you know, again, I like to think that there's, there's gotta be a better goal than that, right? Cause there's all that energy you're putting into food could be dedicated somewhere else in your life. And again, I don't know what's important to you in your life, but 
you know, you can put all that energy there. Uh, Lara says, I'm struggling. How? How are you struggling? Give me a little more detail with that. I'm struggling is too vague. Okay. You got to get more specific. Right. And that's always, we always do that. When I coach people, I'm about to coach people in seven minutes here. Um, it's always going deeper. Uh, it's going deeper into what it is. And you do that by giving it more context, more spe specifics. And the more specific you get, the easier the solution kind of appears to itself. Um, Lisa says, Ugh, that hit me gas and brake at the same time. I'm a licensed counselor. Okay, but I just went, damn. Yeah, I, okay, so I knew a licensed counselor, right? I, I can tell. Um, I get a lot of counselors in the program. I Listen, everyone in the program is always an overthinker. Um, they're usually very intelligent, successful professionally or personally in some aspect of their lives. And um, that's the thing, right? Because you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, I'm a smart person. I'm an action taker. I'm a counselor. I should know better. <laughs> I know a way inwards and outwards. Why am I not getting the results that I know I should? And you're obsessed with that conversation, you know? And that conversation, you have to understand that conversation reinforces the idea of you being a person who struggles with food, struggles with weight, you know? You never allow some space to be like, who is this high level Lisi I want to be, and then aiming all of that energy at that goal. You see, you're stuck at, why am I the way I am? Why am I this way? <laughs> and that's where being a counselor can almost be hurtful because you're so, you're so fixated on diagnosing the problem. You know what I mean? Like, cause you think you're gonna have this cognitive break that's just gonna change everything all of a sudden. You're like, ah, that's why, that's why I haven't been able to do it. And then everything's gonna change, right? And it's just not the case. You know, it's just, that's not how it goes. Your problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it. And um, yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, a few of us are able to use OA in a less rigid way, but most of us are like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And even less rigid is still rigid. Do you know what I mean? And, and again, if you like that, like that, I want to make that clear. Um, it's really important that it's really important that um, if, if you want to be rigid, be rigid. <laughs> you know, there is one person I've interviewed so many people that have lost weight and kept it off. And there's one person I will always remember him. He lived in Japan and he was so strict with his diet. He'd been doing it for like 10 years because I'd sent out a thing out to my list. I said, listen, if you have kept your weight off, or da, 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 he comes back and he kept off like 10 years. But I talked to him and he was so miserable. <laughs> and I remember that he's like, he's like, I don't enjoy it. He goes, I count my calories every day. And da, 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 da. He, was, he was so like, he, he had his weight where he wanted to be, but he was miserable about it. He was like a forever dieter. And that his, he always sticks in my head because he was a real outlier. Most dieters will diet until they get to their goal weight. And then they struggle for a little while to try and maintain it. And then they put the weight back on and then they're done. It's very few people that can diet two years, four years, 10 years, right? Because dieting is about losing the weight, right? It's about the process of losing the weight. It's not about living at that weight. And they don't go together because dieting is usually an extreme overcorrection to lose the weight. Because what do you do, right? Most dieters think, okay, here's my average calorie consumption. I'm going to drop it drastically so I start losing weight quickly. And then what? I'm going to bring it up to maintenance, right? And so um, it's it's a temporary plan. You know, really, it's a temporary plan I'm going to do till I lose the weight. So anyway, it's kind of interesting that. Um, Polkadot says, I'm aware of delaying. I'm aware that I'm overeating, but I still eat. Um, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Um, you're aware that you're overeating, but you're not aware of why you're overeating. You know, you're very, it's very vague. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm an overeater. You want to start to understand you have different, there's different reasons why you're overeating in different situations. So why you're overeating at night is different than why you're overeating at lunch. You, you know what I mean? Like, like there, you have to get 
again, with, with programming self then we always get more granular understanding of what is causing the problems. And dieters don't do this. Dieters have one tool. They, they got the hammer, the willpower hammer, right? And it's like, okay, I'm an overeating here. Bap! You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I'm going to do that. I, I, I got, um, you know, I eat too much at dinner. Bap! Hit it with willpower. Just stop myself from doing that. And there's no... In programming yourself, then we always say awareness precedes change because we don't want to just stop ourselves from doing something. I'll give you so okay, this will be for you, Lacey. So you know, like in um, in AA, they will refer to someone who is an alcoholic who just stops drinking but doesn't do any of the work, the deeper work. They'll refer to them as a dry drunk. They're just someone who stopped the drinking but never understood what the things were that led to the drinking in the first place. And so that's a person that's just relying on willpower. Okay, but it's not a integrated, internalized solution that they've created. It's one that's going to require constant, never-ending willpower, right? And that's what most dieters do when it comes to weight loss. And so program yourself then, back to your point, um, Polkadot, is that I'm aware of delaying. I'm aware that I'm overeating, but I still eat. That's fine. When, 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 when someone comes in the program, the first thing it says, okay, what should I stop doing? I don't want you to stop doing shit. I want you to pick your worst eating habit. Maybe it's eating at night. And I want you to stay present with it for a week. I want you to gain awareness of it. What's your state? How hungry are you? What foods are around? What are you expecting to do? Who's there? So we start to understand it. And once you have awareness, then we can really very quickly figure out what the problem is and come up with specific laser-targeted solutions to fix that forever. That That's the difference. So again, it's like, well, as a counselor, I don't, I don't know who you, you counsel, but... With, with Alcoholics Anonymous, um, people are alcoholics that internalize the solution, that genuinely internalize it. Um, they don't struggle against cravings forever. They, again, they still might identify that and be, be careful of it and all that, but they start to figure out what the triggers are, strategies to deal with them. You know what I mean? Like, like again, it's, it's a, that's a great solution, I think. Um, that's a great approach. So again, it starts by understanding yourself. And I love this too, because what that does simultaneously is it's, it's, it builds up your self-esteem. It builds up who, how you think of yourself. And I think that's a key part of this process too, because usually you're just beating yourself up. You got this mean voice in your head that's always putting you down. And the second you make a little mistake, it just beats you up and it's catastrophic. And so I think so much of this process is really, let's build you up and let's make you the best version of you possible. That, that's what their whole program starts with. Like, right after we go through the motivation piece, we get to the self-image. Who do you want to be? This isn't about just losing weight. This is about becoming the best version of yourself possible. It's such a difference in that way, you know? And I think that, um, again, that sets you up too, not only to get better results to lose the weight, but more importantly, that sets you up for permanent success. Because at some point, the weight stops going down. Most people trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. And at some point, the pleasure of the scale going down stops because you, you get your goal weight. And now you don't have the food. Now you don't have the, the pleasure of the scale going down. Now you're like, well, what am I looking forward to? You see? So if we put ourselves on this path of mastery, this personal development path, there's always things to improve. There's always ways to grow and evolve and become a better version of ourselves. And that keeps it interesting. So I sit in front of you as someone who's kept the same weight for 30 years, and I'm still just as passionate about it because it's not about my weight. My weight's been the same weight. And so what, what inspires me to keep going? because I just keep feeling better and better. I keep learning new things. I keep tweaking strategy. I keep optimizing what I'm doing. I keep feeling better and better and better. And so it's fun too, you know? And so again, I hope this just lets you realize there's a better way to do it. Uh, at least this, okay, you found it. Yeah, at least I, you, yeah, if you do the coaching, yeah. I, I would, again, I always say like, there's a version of the program, there's just the program, and there's a version with coaching. If you can do the coaching, do the coaching, because that's the most value I can offer you. To be able to work with me for eight weeks is uh, profound. 
which I actually have now. I got someone coming up right now. Um, I got a group coaching call coming up that I'm about to do. Heather says, I can't tell the difference between real hunger and cravings. That's a great question. Um, I'll give you a quick, simple way. One way to tell that is have some healthy options available. Bananas, apples, uh, celery, carrots, just something healthy that you could eat. And then when you get hungry, tell myself, okay, I can eat the carrot, the apple, blah, blah, whatever the healthy thing you choose is. And if you say, I don't want that, then it's just cravings. <laughs> if you're really hungry, a carrot and apples are like, ah, I love it, you know? So I think that's an easy, quick way to do it. And obviously I go deeper, no, but I gotta get out of here. Do you talk about weight gaining or just weight loss? Uh, just weight loss. Although the techniques could be used for weight gaining for sure, um, I, I focus on weight loss. And so everything I say is really built towards that. And like I said, I'm speaking in layered communication styles. So yeah, I'm really like, everything I'm saying is about dropping the weight, um, not really putting it on. Although I do kind of use the, the weight you want to live at, the weight's going to give you the best quality of life. Um, but you know, by the way, I'll just say this real quick. I got to get out of here. Is that weight gain, you know, weight gain for people is just as hard. You don't, and why? Because your weight is a reflection of your eating and lifestyle behaviors, your habits, basically. Your eating habits, your lifestyle habits. And those are automated behaviors, okay? And so if you want to gain weight, if you want to lose weight, it's really not, about knowing what you should do. It's about, can you change your behaviors? Because your behavior, you're built to be on autopilot. You're, you're built to be kind of automated. That's how your brain works. And so changing to gain weight, changing to lose weight, require, the, the, the thing where they're the same is that it requires behavioral change. And behavioral change does not work well just consciously through willpower. <laughs> you're not built that way. Let me give you an example of what I mean. L losing weight, gaining weight, it's very similar. Like if you woke up tomorrow and said, I'm going to brush my teeth with my other hand. I'm going to use my computer mouse with my other hand tomorrow. It's like, okay, go ahead and do it. Do it tonight. Brush your teeth with your other hand and know that you can do it, but it takes lots of thought and concentration and effort. And you're going to get irritated and annoyed. So anytime we work to change our automated behaviors consciously, it's annoying to us because we, we want to, the organizing principle of our brain is to conserve energy. And so we don't want, we want to do what we did. That's how we're built. And so what most people are doing with dieting, gaining or losing weight, is you're trying to consciously control something that's built to be automated. It's almost like if I said, imagine if all of a sudden you had to remember to breathe, right? It's like, that's pretty important. And you'd struggle with that. You'd forget because we're not built for that. We're built to do things on autopilot. And so that's where Program Yourself Thin is about. What behaviors do you want to have? What do you want to do? Let's program into your subconscious mind so they run automatically. I live, I eat, I think, I feel automatically the way that keeps me at my goal weight because that's what I focused on. So I hope that makes sense, okay? Um, I use OA for community and an agnostic spiritual concept that's helping, but abstinence is tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, so at least I got to get out of here, but I hope to see you in the coaching program. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, if anyone else is on here, not my world, go to my bio on TikTok. You can click the little picture me up on the top left. Um, go to my bio and get the hypnosis session I give you. It's a 10-minute kickstart session called The New Thin Me. Um, it's really good. You'll feel a sense of motivation that's probably different than you've ever felt before. Um, it's built that way and it's free, okay? But more importantly, as soon as you sign up for that, I bring you to a training, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Please watch that training. It's about a half hour, but that's the training that'll get you really for you to understand there's a different way to approach this, okay? And then I email you stuff every day, okay, to help you, encourage you. Again, my mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight and um, I do it for free. That's why I do these podcasts. My podcast is Program Yourself Thin. Um, 
you know, I'm on here all day. I'm going to be doing lives every day at noon. I'm, I'm still trying to pin that down, but I'm getting very close. So every day I'll be here to help you guys out. Okay. So I am here to help you. And if you're serious about it, get the program, and work with me directly. Um, but I'm here for you regardless. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. Great questions, everyone. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.